Okay, so you can see it's rolling. It's rolling. Welcome to the Art Fight Club podcast. So here's the deal. Um, the holidays are over. Yes. And um, my friend Joe Nolan, my, my friend partner in crime, Joe Nolan, has been in Arizona for a couple months. He just got back to Nashville, and he will be in the flow for the next one. Um, anyway, so all right. So welcome Nathan Brown and Ava Boros. What's up? Hello. 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 So this is, um, this is like I was, so you guys have been out of town. I will talk about who you are. doesn't, we'll get there. But um, I saw you guys the other night and I was like, it's so hard because I want to have conversations with people all the time. I haven't seen you guys in a while. And I was just like, oh, we, we're going to hang out at the same place for an hour. I'm going to try not to talk to you so that we can be here and have something to talk about uh, that's fresh. Because I want to I hear about, all about your trips and your journeys and all the things. But in, the, in a nutshell, uh, Ava, you are half of the Nashville Walls Project mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and many other things. That's, that's what's interesting, I think, about both of you guys, actually, is that you're not defined by one thing. But uh, And then Nathan Brown, uh, you are... Uh, amazing artist and uh, frivolous skateboarder and <laughs> DJ and a lot of things. Um, so that's cool. But anyway, so yeah, um, where did we, you just got back from? Okay, you did two trips. Yep, three. To, oh, three. Three. Yeah. Damn, we did. All right. So I, I met you guys when Gita Van Helton was doing his mural here in the Nations, mm-hmm. and then um, and I was like, yeah, cool, we'll hang out. And then you just disappeared for the next six months. So tell me what happened. Well, let's see. Yeah, I guess starting back in, at the end of May when Guido was wrapping up the silo mural, we I had sold my house here in the Nations and, or Charlie Park next door and was ready to travel all over the the world and met this lady at the same time. So she, you guys had just met, yeah, or pr- just prior. Just prior. prior. Yeah, April, early April. Okay, so we got to run this whole thing down then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hold on. I got to crack my back a little bit. All right, let's do it. All right. <laughs> um, well, so I, I'm, I'm a mural artist, and uh, I had been doing some stuff around town and uh, I guess built up a little bit of a portfolio. And, and one day I got an email and a, and a text or a call or something from Brian, uh, Brian Gray from Nashville Walls Project, Looking for somebody to assist, a, you know, an international artist named Jason Woodside, and uh, they were coming to paint Nashville alongside uh, in the Ian Gulch. Ross in the Gulch. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up getting hired to help out Jason Woodside and um, uh, my coordinator and manager at that at that point was a uh, yeah. It was it was Ava. a little awkward. <laughs> so you were I, you were his boss right me. away. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Yes. Um, yeah, well, it was it was awkward because I always try to maintain a sense of professionalism while working, you know, and that includes not hooking up with people I work with or artists and the talent, the talent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, we met, and the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it was just immediate and. Within, um, what, a month and a half after we met, we yeah. were traveling all over the world. Mm-hmm. I'd sold my house and was ready to kind of jet out and see. I'd, I'd only been to Europe once, and, but I was on a tour, so I didn't get to do a whole lot, mm. you know. Uh, and, yeah, we ended up going to, I don't how many different countries? Uh, I mean, we were only gone for like a month, that one, on that, that the trip. The first trip? We were yeah. gone for two months. Oh, almost. yeah. We started off in Miami. 
And then we went to... Went to Buda- Budapest. Budapest. We went home for a while. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Malta, Morocco, Spain, Spain Italy, Italy. And then back to and Hungary. And then back to Hungary. And yeah. Hungary is your obvious, you know... Yes, that's my, that's my native country, native tongue. Point of origin. Point of origin. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. And so... When you're starting a new relationship, it's all, you never know. You, you really took a gamble, right? Because if you're in a new relationship, there's, it's not. I'm not saying it's common, but it's it's easy to meet somebody and be like, oh, I'm I'm attracted to this person. But to make the turn immediately from, like you've already navigated all the hardest parts, like the working relationship part, and then the the extended travel mm-hmm. uh, buddy part, yeah. because. You probably thought, like, this is just going to be an amazing honeymoon. And then you get into it, and it's like, oh, this is what Nathan's like when he hasn't eaten for six hours. Or, like, what? Or, or yeah. we've been walking around yeah. Morocco for 10 hours, 190 or, degree weather, know, being like chased. Six hours in an airport in Berlin, and, you know, he needs gummy bears and a nap. It's very particular. <laughs> So now you know like what kit to have around like to keep Nathan okay. Like there's definitely a survival kit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like (laughs) caffeine and gummy bears. But you know what I mean? Like that's a weird thing. You know, like um it's in the same way that it's always uh strange to me when people get married that haven't lived together or something. I'm like, Mm -hmm. are you nuts? Oh hell no. Because whatever you (laughs) saw on television or whatever you've had in your mind or or whatever, it that's not what it is. No. It's better no <laughs> no but it's it's uh it's an adjustment you know it's, there's people that you can you can date probably a lot of people but to travel with live travel, with go through yeah. all the the sort of ups and downs and weird mm-hmm. kind of frustrating idiosyncratic kind of just i've been on this plane too long or whatever just getting grumpy yeah i mean it was i mean it, there was an immediate kind of like Realization that this was good. We were working really well together, mm. even though, you know, and we. But we're just know. so much alike. Yeah, it was it was comfortable and easy. Like there was. We're very uh, similar people. Sometimes like one two minute argument, yeah. maybe after like walking ten miles mm. in like <laughs> middle of summer somewhere. Yeah, and that. But it, that was it. It's, what was it about? It would, um, <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> nothing really. Nothing. We're just tired and hungry and. You know, exhausted from traveling so much and tired and hungry, or tired uh, in Hungary. We were tired <laughs> in Hungary and hungry yeah. in Hungary. Yeah, that's my dad joke. I get no, one. There, I get there, one. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely arguments. People clash, but you know that's normal. Yeah, and you know, I think having a healthy respect for one another also allows that. That yeah. is the that's the big key is like mm-hmm. definite mutual respect. Yeah, you know, if you don't have that, then there's going to be. Definite problems. So, and were you working or looking? Were you when you were traveling? Were you looking at places to do other things? Is it or is it something where you were like, no, we're just experiencing. We're not in sort of work mode. There wasn't a lot of work mode. I mean, I was, you know, I'd finished up a handful of projects and I was kind of ready to go and just sold a house. So, I was ready to kind of just chill for a while and experience places, go see places, and not have to worry about anything or be anywhere, you know, or have meetings. You know, there's definitely, like, you know, being able to see different parts of the world, it kind of does make you think about opportunities, though, um, beyond the experience that you're having right then. It's like, oh, man, I'd love to, like, you know, work with this company or, you know, paint this building or, you know, things like that. But Were you no. chasing down anything that you knew would be in certain cities or certain people or certain scenes or certain aesthetics or, keep, you know, were you just kind of uh, not Morocco, in that zone? Yeah. I think, was one of those destinations that was very interesting yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it was uh, interesting. Uh, what do you re- what well, do you recall about we, Morocco? We had both anything. been growing up. I've always wanted to go to Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. I used to. Yeah. When I was growing up in Los Angeles, I used to. My parents used to take me to this place called the Mar- well, to Marrakesh. It was like this incredible Moroccan place where they belly dance for you and cool. wash your hands for you know. And so I always had this fascination with Marrakesh. Wait, wash what? They wash your hands. hands. Really? At the yeah. table? Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's like there should be a place that just only does that. They don't even need food. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was. You know, for like a six or seven year old, it's like, oh, this belly dancing. It's, you know, it's it's pretty cool growing up. So I had like this immediate fascination with with Marrakesh. You know, and the aesthetic, yeah. And, and yeah, was it colors. just like the restaurant? No, no, not at all. It was terrible. It, well, we went probably. <laughs> it was not, terrible. <laughs> it was we, horrible. It oh was, no! It was an experience, but it was. We probably went at one of the worst times you could go for so, a tourist. We were there during Ramadan, oh. so everyone's blood sugar was low. Oh, you, you couldn't eat or drink before. You know, from sunup to sundown, there was no eating or drinking. And you know, as out of respect, of course, we didn't either, mm. at least in public view. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I. We'd never been there before. We didn't know the, the customs. We got followed, oh, yeah. messed with, yeah. spit on. Spit on. I got, he I got, got a door kicked Nathan in got on the me. door kicked in on him. It's like leaving the Riyadh every time was like this preparation. Like, okay, hide money here. Look dead in the eyes and just... Don't look at anybody. Don't look at anyone. <laughs> I mean, because the moment so we looked at somebody, yeah. we were immediately accosted, followed. Yeah. You know, which is fine. Like, the, you know, we walked through I the suits. And, out. Yeah, I mean... Just so it's like of, commuting in New York City. It was, no, it was actually... It was, that it was, was a million times dark. <laughs> it, sounds, was it sounds dark, but, it, but a lot of the preparation sounds similar, where it's yeah. like yeah. $20 in the top pocket, $180 in the deep part of my yeah. backpack, and then definitely not making eye contact with, like, there's weird, um, yeah. like, almost like dark soul type, like, mm-hmm. uh, people that you just you just learn when you're in that proximity of, of that kind of situation, yeah. with this kind of people, you start to learn with, you know, just to not engage people's eyes even for a yeah. second. Yeah. That's what we learned. I mean, it's we a strange felt, thing. We felt but, uncomfortable holding hands. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, we just got. It, it was, was. It was strange. I never felt like that before. You know, I, I've commuted in New York plenty of times. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was that a good joke. But yeah, yeah. That was. That's a breeze compared to what. Yeah. But you know. then, but then we left Marrakesh and went into the Atlas Mountains, and it was amazing. Wow. Like that everyone was, was super normal. It was beautiful. You know, the food was amazing. So, uh, yeah, I guess in the city it's difficult, but out in nature, in the Atlas Mountains, everyone's... You probably appreciate it more because you've just been through such a weird situation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly hot. You know, everybody's kind of got a little angst just from not eating or drinking all day long. Mm. And you know, I don't know. It was, everybody's. I don't know what it was. it was. It was. It was the strangest I, yeah, thing. I mean, it, it was, was like so across weird. the board too. And so was, maybe you should go back when it's not Ramadan and see what's up. Yeah. No, I'm sure. It's, I mean, I'm, <laughs> she's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> it, you know, it, I'm good. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be totally different at a different time of the year. So, mm. but it, it, it was beautiful. I mean, I took a lot of really. I mean, I took a ton of photos. Yeah. You know, when I felt comfortable to take photos, because yeah. I got yelled at a lot of times. You know? Yeah. And. Uh, I mean, we got turned around. We weren't able to go to certain parts of town because of religious ceremonies. I mean, we got completely cussed out for walking down this one alleyway and, you know, turn around, tourist, you know, get the fuck out of here type. Uh-huh. It, was, it was pretty, it was pretty it was, harsh, you know, we, you know, not knowing where we were, or what we're yeah. doing, we're, you know, being... As, trying as hard as you can and we, still failing. Like, as, yeah, soon, yeah, yeah. as soon as we got to, uh, out of there and... and 
into Rome, we just like started making out on the street. <laughs> yeah, right. Rome is all about it. We held hands and walked around yeah. like normal people. It was yeah. Like, Rome, you, know. you can just make out with anybody. I yeah. know. You can make exactly. out. Yeah. Nobody, you know. I love Rome. That's like, that's the only, I would say of all the European cities, that's the one that I've spent the most time in, to, in and I've been into twice, you know, for sort of a couple of weeks at a time. Nice. And yeah, God, beautiful. we just walked. I mean, we just spent days just walking around. It was, you know, midsummer, so it was, you know, tons of tourists there. But yeah, yeah. it was cool just to, we walked around the entire Vatican, you know, like mm-hmm. we, yeah. we walked. Go down to the old city. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the vibe. It's just yeah. like, you just disappear. I don't think we took a cab anywhere, did we? Except from the airport to our hotel. I don't know. No, we, we did not. We walked. We walked. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? Uh, I forget what it's called, but there's like one of those huge sort of, um, in the middle of the street, there's a huge hole where they had excavated all these ruins, and then yep. there's like a railing that goes around, it, and it's just a bunch of cats living in there. Oh, we did like see thousands that. of cats. We didn't, we didn't walk up to it, but, cats, we, but we didn't yeah. see cats. But there's there's a few of those areas where it was you know cordoned off, uh, you know ruins you know, down below, and there was things living in there. <laughs> yeah. I saw some things living in. Also the uh, the bone church. We didn't. Did we go? To, we didn't. We did the, not no. go. Like in the catacombs, there's. It's just. It's a. Um, it's so funny too because they're like no 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 photos. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, like this is the whole you know chandeliers made of bones. Uh, you know of all the I guess the holy men and priests that have been in the lineage of this church. They all are the fixtures and the I mean so just wall art and just everything and just piles of these like beautifully arranged piles of skulls and. All this, yeah. it is, it is deep. It's yeah, like, we, only, we were only there for like three days. So we, yeah. we did as much as we could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we were kind of bouncing around. Like when we got to Europe, we realized how cheap it was to travel once and, you get over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just started buying plane tickets. Like we bought like six <laughs> in one night and we're like, let's, where else can we go? Where yeah. else can we go? And okay, well, now we only have this much time. We're starting to get, you know, run thin now. So well, it's like buying plane tickets in Europe and Adderall do not mix. No. It's like now we've got like a... <laughs> Now we have like a crazy agenda. Right. Now, <laughs> now we've set chill. up like a game show for ourselves. Yeah. Can they do it? it was, I mean, it was worth it. I mean, no, it really is. It's it's amazing. It's so liberating to be able to just hop, skip, and jump to completely different cultures. Yeah. You take the train, you know, a yep. couple hours over and you're in a different country. Jump on a plane for an hour for $50 or whatever. You know, we got flights for 30 and $40. Africa's yeah. right there, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? so so I mean, can, going to Malta. You know, there are like... Was Ryanair flights between Europe and Africa, <laughs> yeah. and and then five hundred dollar round trips between China and Hungary. It's amazing. That'll be the next trip. There's no excuse not to travel. Yeah. yeah. So, and the, did, when you were bouncing around, were you thinking to yourself like, we could totally live here, or you know, we could totally live? Were you looking at it that way Spain. at all? Spain. Spain. That was the yeah. spot. We went to Valencia. I've been to Barcelona before, um, which is incredible. Went to Valencia, and it's like a smaller version uh, of Barcelona. It's beautiful. The, the quality of life and just how people live and how active they are, and it's on the coast. Like, the food, the, the yeah. people, I mean, it seemed pretty safe. Like, you know, people were really nice there, and um, it, was, it seemed very livable. I mean, there was, like, this huge park in the middle of the city. I mean, it's the size of, like, Central Park, probably, with every activity you could ever imagine. Like, uh. they, like... They just offer, I mean, the city just offers up all these, you know, incredible activities that you can just go and do. There's like no excuse not to like go work yeah. out, cruise around, fish, yeah. you know, take the, you know, whatever. You feel healthier when you're yeah. in a, like the Mediterranean sun it's and beautiful. just, there's just something about it where you just mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, I haven't done anything but eat since I've been here, but I feel 
like I look ten pounds slimmer. Yeah, right. you know, we, we looked yeah, good there. We yeah, good. <laughs> we did. We, like, we felt good. Like the sun, yeah. the, the the food, the quality of food, the type of food. Yeah, um, and just how happy most people seemed there. Yeah, was, you know. But I did almost get I got, as soon as we got there, I almost got in a fight with some guy. <laughs> I don't fight at all. But this it seems to be a pattern now that I'm starting to put together. <laughs> Yeah, I hate fighting more than anything. I try to avoid it at all costs. But so we were, we had just gotten there. We had to wait uh, about an hour or two before we could get into our uh, Airbnb. And so we're like, well, we'll just walk around with our huge backpacks, all our bags, and like walk through this huge park. And we rented uh, a bike. We rented a bike to cruise around on. It was like one you know, bike. Yeah, it was, it was like, like a, a, it's a double. Oh, it was like yeah. a, okay. a quad. <laughs> and we did, we got in that, put our bags in. You know, we're cruising around, and we got off that, and we were like, okay, let's make our way back to Airbnb. So we're walking this big, like, long pedestrian ramp, you know, outside, going out from the park. And there's all these doves that fly around all over Europe, and they make this sound like, <laughs> and, you know, there's, you know, they, they're very vocal. <laughs> and this one flew by, and I went, eh, you know, back at it. And this guy, this big, gnarly, like, you know, I don't know, huge-looking, hairy dude, <laughs> walked by right when I went, eh, and he lost his Shit. Did he think it was you were yelling at him? He thought I was like making fun of him or something. Oh. And he was like, yo, and I kept walking. I didn't think he was talking to me. And, and he like started cussing me out, yelling at me and like started coming at me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and he was like, whoa, you know, started making the bird noise. And I was like, yeah, dude. The, and he didn't speak any English. This is bad. Just lost. <laughs> I mean, he bad. lost his mind. He like got over me and like I had to put my bag down. And I was like, I'm settling this. And this guy's huge. He's like, Probably 350 pounds. <laughs> Not ripped. What were you going to do to him? I, I mean, I was just trying to outsmart him. And <laughs> <laughs> get away and keep Ava safe. You know, like... And I was just like, If I put my there. bag down, he'll know I'm serious. <laughs> I was like trying to explain with like, you know, miming, you know, trying yeah. to explain what happened. And, you know, he just... I don't know. I don't think he got it. But it was enough to like make him chill out for a second. And then like we took off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was like the first hour we were in Spain. <laughs> and then everything else got There are low, hostile yeah. people everywhere in the world. Yeah, he was just... That's a, what we know now. He had low yes. blood sugar. He must have just came from Marrakesh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then... So, it, one thing I think is interesting, too, like, especially, you know, you know, Guido was just in town. We were hanging mm-hmm. and all this. And we just... We got really deep into a lot of photography books and conversation and thinking and all this. And, and it just keeps... It continues to sort of blow my mind how how every street artist that I've seemed to get to know, um, for lack of a better term, street artists, whatever, painters, um, uh, all are really, really um, sourcing so much, I think. Like, photography is sort of the genesis in a way that I don't think I really understood. So I think it's, it's even if you're not painting what you're photographing, I still feel like it's the practice of that is actually quite central to it and then the other thing i've learned on the tail end of it is that it's like uh you know sort of picks and it didn't happen kind of thing but it on a whole other level with street art where it's like it's so critical to get uh coverage and document and uh finals of everything in this way that it's probably like an endless quest and that's obviously the part that i've been involved in on some level mm-hmm. you know with, yeah. some, with some of your projects but but basically, from I'm just really interested in the idea of like how different uh, painters and muralists, street artists, what have you, all like it seems like very common that photography is at the at the, the the center of what you're doing, and then where does that fork out, or how does that get employed for you, or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I've 
I've always been good about documenting. I was a, a fully sponsored skateboarder for a long time. And so we were always out filming, shooting photos and just naturally documenting, you know, in case we did something good. Yep. <laughs> and that kind of crossed over when I started doing, you know, uh, graffiti. I, I come from like a graffiti background. I used to paint trains and yeah. all that in the early 90s and, and then throughout and turned into mural art. But like it's always I've always had like this need to document everything you know, capture these moments, no matter what we're doing, it's, it's all inspiring to me, like seeing these colors in different countries we go to and just capturing like, you know, everything from little tiles to whole landscapes to whatever it is. It's, it's a, you know, I want to be able to remember this forever because we do so much. We, we've traveled a lot. I've met so many people and, and the only way I feel like I can like, you know, keep that all contained is, you know, through photography. And so it's sort of like a, a mindfulness or like a maintenance of the art of looking or something. It's yeah. like this kind of a, a mindset. And graffiti, it's all about getting the photo too, you know, before it gets removed. Yeah. I mean, that was the one thing we didn't do too well when we were painting trains or, you know, painting illegally, you know, it was hard to take photos at night. So a lot of times we didn't get it and it would be buffed over in a few days by the time I got back to it. So from that it definitely stemmed like a uh, a major need to yeah document. so just document in general and you got it i don't know i like capturing people in moments like yeah. uh, i've got i've got a bunch of photography up online that is just funny moments yeah and um a lot of the photos i mean i don't have like a nice camera i like i, I shot a lot of stuff with uh exposed or expired disposable cameras yeah and then like really crappy little point and shoots yeah because i can keep it in my pocket i can whip it out it's not really about the aesthetic quality of like the photo. It's more of like capturing somebody doing something stupid, or yeah, or you know, just capturing a specific kind of light. Well, the skate, know? the skater roots of of your sort of filmography or videography or um, photography is all about being ready. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. about anything could go down at any time, yeah. and all you're doing. I mean, I. I grew up skating, but it was a time called uh, the 1980s. Oh, so it was just a little, probably a little different. Um, I, we were in this, I, I came up in this sort of the weird time of where vert skating was really starting to take, it was kind of everything. Street skating hadn't really come along yet, yeah. uh, or it was starting to, but we, like, for me, it was the, we were still, ri- we were riding vert boards but street skating. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. I remember like the older dudes when I was growing up because I started like 1990 or 89 actually. Okay. So I saw a lot. I was like street, nothing but street. I never even skated a ramp until, you know, 10 years into it really. You know, a ramp here and there, but I, I, I grew up skating on the street, but like, yeah. I'd see like the older dudes skating street with these vert boards and pads on and shit. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, dude? Right. You're going to get hurt. Your pads aren't going to help. Yeah. No, but it's also like, um, you know, we we didn't have it. There was no skate parks. There was no yeah. there was no nothing. But you, the only skateboards you could get were the ones that happened to be like there was no skate shops. There was or there, that stuff was just starting to happen. So you would mail order stuff. Like you would just you didn't even know what was going on. Basically, it's like yeah. why are these wheels so soft? These suck on asphalt. Yeah. You know, it's like it's because they're not meant for they're, anyway. They're made for vert. <laughs> yeah, but um, but uh, but anyway. So I remember um. Yeah, I had like a Hasoy hammerhead and like all these. It's re- awesome. Yeah, I know, right? And my buddy had that street. My buddy, uh, this kid Wayne, I grew up skating with. He he had the hammer, he had the hammerhead, and like skated street only with it. Yeah, everybody yeah. had like the Mike McGill, and the, everybody had the I had the Mark Gonzalez. And the, the yeah, one. that yeah. was the 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 Gator. Uh, yeah, the Mark Gonzalez board was the quintessential. Like, if you had that, I really think that. 
Vision and Powell both were like really killing it at that time though. It was there was cool stuff going on. And then there were like these fledglings like Santa Cruz and some of these others that were sort of a little cheaper but but making cool stuff too. But it was an interesting time. But I guess my point is just that we 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 were just totally misusing everything. But there were some cool skaters that uh um came out of my town actually are you familiar with uh neil hendrix oh yeah definitely yeah like yeah. He, he was one of the guys like you know yeah, from legend yeah so it's it's super weird that uh a lot of guys we had nothing and, and a lot of these guys came up to be some of the like sort of preeminent pros or whatever but that was like you know whose dad is gonna let them build a ramp in their backyard yeah, or whatever yeah. you know there was a few of those when i grew up like i moved from los angeles here when i was 11, 11 years old mm. and I just started skating there and then I come here and there's nothing and so but I did find a kid that had like a little you know crappy ramp in his backyard and we'd skate there every once in a while but we pretty much just had the streets there was a few skate parks but couldn't really afford to go a lot of the time or couldn't get there yeah um, so it, it was the street which was way more interesting is skate culture part of your 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 coming up at all or you're just from such a like a like i'm so removed from yeah this culture like we're yeah. just kind of talking about <laughs> nonsense right now yeah no it's interesting yeah well it's definitely like how young teenage boys form their identity one way or another and you have to have some reason to get to sneak out of the house and you're not in your earliest teenage years or like middle school years you're not really gonna do drugs and there's no girls that want to hang out with you so skateboarding it is and that's what we did oh yeah that's awesome <laughs> night and day yeah but uh but beginning back to the photography stuff i mean like so you you do a lot i mean you're you're capturing a lot too right i mean are you in terms of just document the nature of what you're um, doing is yeah out yeah. of necessity yeah i document like I did some filming for Saving Banksy. Yeah. But because I had to, you know. So, yeah. Um, Anybody listening to this, Saving Banks, you were one of the producers or the producer or. Writer and. and Writer. Producer. Writer and producer on Saving Banksy, which is on the Netflix and is an amazing documentary about. Thank you. It features uh, uh, our friend Brian Greif. Yes. And some others, a lot of prominent street artists, but it's a very interesting story that actually gets right to the heart of what we typically talk about on this show you know at some point or whatever you want to call it um about just sort of the struggle you know Mm -hmm. because it's one thing to to uh, the 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 idea of commerce or getting things out is one sort of separate struggle but i'm just really interested in the like you guys are both people that are fighting for art in public space you are fighting for art in a lot of different avenues of of existence so that's why i you know i do also just really like you guys but that's really why i wanted to have you on here is because it's like um that's right at the meat of of what we're doing so for you to be doing the saving banksy thing uh you're telling big stories uh and then making a lot happen with the national Wilds project but so I, i guess where i was sort of getting at is like your involvements are so um yeah, of course you're going to document some things sort of out of necessity, yeah. but really your life work right now is the perpetuation and capturing of all of that, whether you're directly involved or not. Right, that's very true. true. Yeah. Um, but I would never. I don't. I don't know if they're like Nathan is such an incredible photographer, and you are such an incredible cinematographer. I would never 
measure myself against you know such talent because oh. I don't have that like yeah I take a photo and it's cool because of the circumstance <laughs> that I'm in yeah. but it's that's, it's that's all not, it is though it, yeah. that's all it, you know, kind of like, like what you're saying right like that's all it is forget who, how whatever uh, you know yes. yeah. you're, you're in the middle of it right <laughs> so yeah that's documenting, documenting a, a moment in time you know that you know like, like I said like when we were doing graffiti back in the day and we wouldn't capture it Right then and there, we might go back two days later and might be gone. So, so after Ian Ross finished his mural, he had this gold, a part of the mural. And so cool. it was gold paint. So I decided to wake up really early one morning to take photos of the sunrise, you know. Catching the light. Catching, you know, the yeah. gold paint in his mural, catching the sunrise. Well... I was really excited about it and I was, you know, happy to do it. I was like so proud of myself for waking up early and then, you know, I go home, I I look at these photos and they're all blurry. All of them. <laughs> so I've I've learned in the past that when I force photography, I, it just doesn't. I don't have that technical savviness that Well, the thing though, like everybody that does anything, it's like, you, you know, every every quote unquote photographer has gone out to do something specific and <laughs> fucked it completely up and had nothing to show for what they were trying to do <laughs> in, in a moment in time that will never happen again and had to beat themselves up about it. Like that happens to everyone. But what happens yeah. is like, say that, that you have the opportunity to do something like that again. You're like, I'm going to probably work a little harder yeah. to make sure that this is in focus. Just this, you know, mm -hmm. and then you'll have some other dilemma like, but I just didn't get the, you know, yeah. and then you're on the track yeah. to all of a sudden being a, a neurotic uh, <laughs> photographer, which I don't recommend, <laughs> but you know, it sounds like you, maybe it's best that you walk away right now. Just be like, that okay. was my foray. I tried. <laughs> I mean, at least you tried. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep it low brow. So I don't have to worry about that. So. Yeah. So now, like, with Nashville Walls Project doing so many things, obviously you guys, you did come back. I know we talked a lot about your trips, but you yeah. did come back to do a, a gig, uh, Nathan, with... Um, yeah, like well, a, there was two. There was a Google. A Google. Fiber, and also a Mapco. Oh, right. I painted like their the, corporate? Yeah, I painted the interior, um, one of hopefully many mm. uh, pieces in their new regional headquarters here. Cool. And I flew back last minute, you know. I was We were over in Europe and... Mm -hmm. Flew back early and knocked that out in a few days, and you know they loved it, and, which and, then, was great. and they headed back out. <laughs> then well, no, it was it. Like, well, we went to uh, let's see. After Europe, the first time over the summer, we came back for like a minute, and then I did a piece for Google Fiber, mm -hmm. and over in East Nashville um, on Five Points Pizza. Yeah, and then um, we immediately jetted for a cross country road trip all over the U.S. Right, right. To a bunch yeah. of the national parks. Yeah. We drove down the entire West Coast. Like, you know, I spent like a good month just like yeah. seeing America. So you've set the travel threshold so high in the early uh, onset of this uh, relationship. I don't mean to say early onset in the way that it sounds like Alzheimer's, but I guess I'm just saying like in the beginning, <laughs> in the beginning of the relationship, like you've already been to Europe possibly more times than 99% of all couples. So yeah. if you've already driven all over the U.S. and been to like, a, you know, 27,000 uh, miles over in Europe or something, whatever you've done. What do you like? What do you, so, like, uh, my wife and I, we've been watching this, uh, you know, uh, Alaska survival kind of show. <laughs> yeah. And we're so. thinking, like, okay, we might be ready to start gutting animals now. I'm not sure, but it seems like kind of awesome on television. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. sure in real life not. And Alaska, you know, 15 below. We're like, God, 
I can do that. No. And then, but, but I feel like you, <laughs> but I feel like you guys are going to run into like, that's the only thing you're going to be left. That's going to be left to do. Uh, quickly. Well, you, I grew you have up to get very creative. chickens. So what? I've already been there. Uh, I, I killed chickens growing up. So. I lived on a farm for a while, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I've definitely had to do that a few times. Not yeah. some I want to do, but yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's a lot of places we haven't been. That, yeah. I mean, there's a, a ton of places that... So there's still a little bit of planet Earth left for you. Oh, uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's plenty. Okay. There's a lifetime's worth. So, and then, so you, so you went, you did the, you came back, did the Google Fiber thing, did the MapCo headquarters thing, and then uh, so... We, went, we did like, uh, we did the whole, we did Google Fiber Mm-hmm. I did a piece for Google Fiber, then we went all over America, then we came back for one week, and then went to Europe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again. Yeah. All right. And then we came back. <laughs> yeah. And, did, uh, and yeah. you know, going to Europe for us isn't this super frivolous thing. For us, it's going home, because that's where I grew up. Right. That's where my house is. That's where my childhood is. That's where my yeah. whole family is. So when we go to Hungary... Yeah. Food and lodging is free because we're just going home. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so much food. Too. It's so much food. My grandma feeds us so much. But Size. it's amazing. And you can look people in the eye and not feel like they're going to assault you for it. No, it's chill. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hungary is awesome. So the test is amazing. So as far as like, um, I'm kind of getting caught up, but it's sort of like, okay, you know, I know Brian's talked about some things with the, the, the Walsh Project is going to be doing, but or potentially doing or, or whatever, but what is coming or what's happening or what's next? Cause you cut, you both just kind of sort of landed mm-hmm. or are you already start crazy or, or, or what, but like what, what, and to, I guess my bigger question is sort of like, you got, you've done so much in Nashville that it's insane, right? Like in the last, what, two years, yeah. three years yeah. max, oh gosh, no, two years. Yeah, we're going on the third year of Nashville. Boston like a city Project. that basically didn't know anything about, no, what you're doing to all of a sudden being covered in it and then now this demand being there that is you know um, really cranked up obviously yeah. with all the development and all the things so what is the next challenge or like what is how do you continue or how, how do you, what's the continuation of this or what are you up against if anything oh uh, well we're I think the evolution of any street art project is to reach beyond the city and and to you know organize mural projects in other places Mm. so you know brian and i have talked about maybe doing a memphis walls project or yeah or even taking it to europe i mean that would be a dream of mine doing a budapest walls project yeah um what are we up against yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I think a lot of it is education, because because mm-hmm. now there's a demand for it, but people don't exactly understand how to seek it out rightfully. You know, mm-hmm. that is that caters to the interest of the artist as well as the person commissioning the art. So there's a lot of education that needs to happen, and mm-hmm. I think that that that'll be a big big force you know in the Nashville Wasp project so what you mean year. by that is you're, you're saying that people see other things around town or however they come into the, sort of the knowledge that this is happening they're like yes I want some of that yeah. but then they don't understand the nuances of how this is not like made to order um, you just pick whatever you want and somebody will do it you know you gotta let artists be artists and we're gonna we will yeah, give you some exactly. we'll give you some level of choice in terms of like this person does 
perhaps abstract or this is figurative or mm-hmm. this is uh, photoreal or whatever it is, mm-hmm. maybe they can kind of make some choices down those lines. That, but you guys are the people that are sort of going, okay, if you want something like that, first of all, you probably have to think to yourself, is that the right thing for this wall or for whatever they, whatever they have? Because you might be already in an impasse of trying to convince them, like, no, this is not the road you want to go down. Is that, is that kind of how it works? Or then after that, trying to guide them to the, the artist and then having them stay out of it? Is that kind of where people are, the education part of it? Uh, so, yeah, Brian and I are always trying to curate, but ultimately it is between the artist and, you know, the, the wall and the owner. And uh, when it comes to being an artist, it is a profession that artists should be paid for. It's not a hobby. Mm. It's not a pastime. It's a skill that has been cultivated over the years. Mm-hmm. It's talent that has, you know, a lot of merit. So it's, it's something that shouldn't be taken advantage of. Yeah. And I, with a lot of, um, developers and property owners um they're not necessarily i don't see that they want to take advantage of artists i just see a lot of um inexperience with working with artists yeah and i don't want to bad talk anyone sure but um there's a lot of misconceptions Mm -hmm. about street art and what it's meant to do so a lot of you know these developers and property owners they want to force an artist to do something that is comprehensive to the development when Mm -hmm. really an artist should be able to paint what they are best at painting yeah and they should you know the wall should be the platform for that yeah so that's that's a lot of what brian and i do is we manage um you know, the expectations and, and we really work on finding a mutual understanding because there is a, you know, collaboration between the developer and the artist and, you know, an artist is willing to work with a developer, but at the end of the day, it is about the style of the art. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, and, I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, I've had a lot of you know, developers and, you know, companies come to me after seeing my portfolio, specifically asking for me or searching me out and wanting me to do, I do a lot of abstract work, a lot of shapes and colors. And, you know, if you look at my portfolio, you can tell kind of what I do. Yeah. And you're still super, super identifiable as yours, which is hard to do, right? You should have a good idea after you look at my portfolio. But I've had so many companies, developers, people come to me and want me to do like a photorealism or, you know, something like complete opposite. Yeah, they want to use street artists as a source of advertising. Yeah, mm. lots of advertising. And I think that's the greatest insult that one can make to an artist. So this is sort of like the, the gulf between, okay, do you need a, a graphic designer and a sign painter? Exactly. Or do you need an artist? Yeah. Yeah. Do you need a, a sort of a, an esoteric uh, process and conscientious thinking and approach and this holistic sort of methodology mm-hmm. and someone's unique life uh, vision and perception wielded onto this wall or do you need it to just look cool so that mm-hmm. people can take their photo in front of it um, right and maybe it leaves like a little space where you can fit your body into it and then it right. has a hashtag that's I've, already in I've, it I've been asked to do that many times yeah. in different cities <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. so like so that's 
So frustrating. Right? So so frustrating, yes. <laughs> so am I getting right down to it now? Yes, you are. <laughs> I mean, I, I, could, I cannot... Um, I've had so I've certainly in my in my experience I've had countless um, music or video or photography or all the things I'm into I've had opportunities in each one of those things where it's you know nothing worse than people saying like you'll get really good exposure oh like, gosh okay Dude. I will yeah that's like that's hatchet stuff now those are hatchet words now and then also like the the thing like I, I got asked recently to do a project where. Um, uh, they wanted me to go. Uh, it was actually the um, uh, Office of Foreign Affairs for the Mexican government. Uh, El Mac was doing this piece, mm-hmm. um, and that's like a whole thing. But um, but anyway, but they asked me to uh, like come go there for a month to Presidio, you know, in the middle of not anywhere, and be there for a, a month to document everything, and so. I thought about that and I was like, okay. And there's a lot of things tied up in that, but I was like, so what's your budget? Uh, well, you know, we don't really, you know, it's just, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, well, and they're like, well, we need a number. So get back to us in a few days with a number and we'll figure it out. And I was like, all right. So then I thought about the number and I thought about not only like, uh, like I'm glad you brought up like sort of people getting paid not only for what you do functionally you're not a plumber right mm-hmm. this is not a utility you're providing you're bringing your entire life force all the f- all the practice all the failings all the frustrations all the progress all the wins all the losses all the things all of that into some unique offering that should be worth this thing it doesn't matter if it takes three hours to do it or a week to do it or right. a month like yeah. you're bringing this uniqueness to it it's not a utility so in this you know scenario uh, you know, I gave them a, a number that was like, okay, what do I, not only am I bringing, you know, myself or my experience or my unique outlook or whatever on it, I'm also going to leave my life for a month, which is nearly impossible, yeah. you know, um, and all the things like what, what am I taking away, you know, to do this? And so I came up with a number that, that suited what I believe to be that. And then immediately was sort of met with like, well, that's, that's way outside of our budget. That's and crazy. I'm like, there was no budget. You just, yeah. You know, like, so now, okay, so now you have a budget that you can, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and so I, they mean well, they're good people and all involved in the project and everything, but it was just sort of a, a reminder of how frustrating it can be um, yeah. when it's, uh, you're just trying to, like, I didn't ask anybody to do anything. I, you know, it's different when you, if I'm pursuant to something and it's something I really want, mm-hmm. like you're, you're already going to be in some sort of a point of disadvantage because you know, you're, you're already in a, probably in a point of compromise in many ways for that kind of uh, point of orientation towards something you want to do. But in this case where it's like, I mean, I literally just get a phone call and then an email and this is what I'm being asked. It's so weird to, to almost be put out like, it's like, well, all right, you know, yeah. but, um, oh, yeah. so it's, a, it's, it's so frustrating, and definitely, I can see for street art in general. It's it's uh, there's so many bad facsimiles of of street art, and very variations are these levels of authenticity. Would you say, yeah? Yes, <laughs> and I mean, going back to like you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I get asked to do all kinds of different things. The exposure thing comes up, you know, nine times out of ten. And, you know, obviously they haven't done their research and looked at my portfolio and seen who I've worked with and the type of projects I've done with. And it's, yeah. you know, it's a bad on their end to like, just because, oh, you're a local artist, you'll do whatever to, mm-hmm. to be put on this video 
or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that it's beyond frustrating. Cause yeah. It's like, well, if I have 10 meetings with you, you're getting paid this whole time. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. So I'll factor, you know, all the time I've spent with you and then whatever it would take to actually make this happen. Here's real costs. I'm very transparent with everything I do. Yeah. Just so there's not as many questions, even though there will be, if, mm-hmm. you know, the, the no budget thing comes up. Yeah. Which I've had that plenty of times. Like, yeah. well, just give us a number. And it's like, well, let's figure this out. Me in the middle somewhere. Yeah. And like, you know, really, here's, here's what it costs. I mean, I just had that happen the other day where, you know, some developers out on the West Coast... Or then they agree to the budget and then just ghost. (laughs) Yeah, and then ghost, yeah. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah, somebody was like, okay, yeah. And then like, ah, that happens a lot. And it's it's a freelance life, you know. It is what it is. It's what you got to deal with. But, you know, I've learned to be more careful with that because I've definitely burned myself like, oh, yeah, I can do this for this much money and paint this whole building. And then I'm like sitting there Uh going, God. Yeah, you're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm actually paying I'm, you. <laughs> no. I'm making 30 cents an hour on yeah. this or something. Yeah, we've all been there. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, even, you know, uh, there's so many ways that all that can go. You know, like, for instance, me, you know, you guys didn't ask me to film the Guido working for two weeks on that mural. You didn't ask me at all. You just kind of, I just basically asked, like, can I? Obviously, I'm in a point of, like, that disadvantage that I'm already talking about, right? But it wasn't about that to me. I'm like, this is happening less than a mile from my house. It'd be super easy to do. Um, it's important to me because I've, I'm familiar with this area, you know, and, and I've had a, I mean, I've got photos of, of that silo going back, you know, many, I've always just kind of marveled at it, right? It's, so to me, it was just an important thing that was going on. If it, like, honestly, it's like, if it was happening, if it was happening in East Nashville, I probably, <laughs> I, would have been, I would have been there like three times. No. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was just so easy, you know, um, but, um, but, you know, in doing that, you know, I was able to utilize that whole time and that process to to learn a lot about the process you know that was sort of my um i'd never been involved not involved but sort of next to a a project from from the get-go all the way through and i and you know i remember brian saying to me over and over like you don't have to be here every day i'm like no i i do because I'm, I've done it eight days in a row. So why am I not going to do it? Not like at this point. Yeah. And later on, I'm so glad that I did. I mean, granted, I have like a million hours of footage, but um, it's awesome. awesome. And um, and you know, and then you know that that has um, you know that work. I got a lot of exposure. Uh, no, <laughs> no, but but like you know, to me, to me, what happened is it opened up this whole vein of things that I had not really been focused on i'm aware of and, and interested in but had not been focused on or meeting the people and sort of involved and following that sort of that story so that's been yeah. really the value of it for me and then you know and then now I'm, you know a lot of a lot of weird calls i get um sometimes budget sometimes mm-hmm. no budget sometimes um uh, ghosting mm-hmm. uh you know it's kind of like uh freelancing sort of like a, like the worst dating situation ever or something like really? oh. it's probably like dating in kansas or something oh god where you're just dating like kansas. yeah just where you just feel like uh, i've got to be getting catfished right now like all it's like you know it's just getting hit by tumbleweeds <laughs> left and right <laughs> but anyway so I, I just think it's interesting that yeah. that um the the struggle is is like everyone can identify with all of the things, no matter what your medium or choice or whatever is. So like, you know, how do you see like the, the next, the next period, you know, like I I was, I think it's interesting with your work because it is, you know, we haven't really talked about it much, but, um, 
but obviously it's uh you know sort of abstract it's you know it's not um how would you i guess how would you categorize it but i'm not i'm not painting actual things or objects or people or photorealistic stuff or words it, or word i mean i've yeah. done actually just did a huge yeah. 70 foot word collage over in east nashville yeah for an architect firm and it was uh it was through like the east nashville chamber of commerce wait where is that it's um it's down way down gallatin road okay um deep next deep to gallatin. Next, it's actually in the parking lot of the inglewood motel oh and it's a huge black and white word collage it's you know all things that encompass whatever that company's etho is yeah and a lot of stuff that has to do with the neighborhood yeah um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, just kind of like, uh, kind of done on a whim, a little bit of back and forth and I just kind of went and did it and, you know, then I went traveling. So like, totally yeah. forgot about it. I'm actually going to visit them tomorrow oh, cool. to deliver a print. I did a series of prints, uh, recently and I'm going to take one there, which is pretty, but I get to see it for the first time. I haven't been back since I did it and it was oh, that's over, neat. over a year ago. Really? Yeah. So, so that's cool. Cause there's something about getting the hell away from something you just spent time on yeah. and then not immediately evaluating it and then getting back to it later to really objectively kind of the almost past, like yeah. impress yourself right you're like damn that's like, <laughs> that was all right the past you know? few projects i did a i did a mural next across the street from barista parlor uh golden sound in, in the Gulch. oh yeah yeah right after i did that huge mural with jason woodside and Ian ross and um we left immediately after i finished this this mural and we went all all over europe and then i came back did this one for you know Google Fiber, and it's you know it's in an awesome little area of East Nashville, and lots of foot traffic and stuff. And I did it, and within hours we left again. Oh. So like I still haven't revisited that one. I haven't all my all the murals I've done. Yeah, uh, even like I did one at this place called the Five Hundred Five Tower. It's the tallest new yeah. building in Nashville, and yeah, you know I did it, and then like we left, and so like I haven't revisited. And they were in the middle of construction, so I haven't been able to go back and like see it yeah i saw the, the video of that it's like in the lobby i guess or yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a two-story mural in the main lobby for all the residences it's on the seventh and eighth floor of this building right on fifth and church downtown and it's um you know it's 30 something floors of residence so cool so I, I have to go visit that this week and you know go to east nashville and visit yeah you know my you gotta go on a tour work. of your own work go, yeah which is you know be interesting i'll probably see a lot of things yeah i want to change yeah right it's inevitable <laughs> yeah but like so and then in terms of your stuff like it's funny like so uh you know Guido and I were talking a lot while he was here and uh this past week and you know the, I find it really interesting because I've kind of gone through the struggle with music or with photography or various things but I have certainly interests like um in sort of photo photojournalism and absolute realism and not like sort of like uh, things based on a deep sort of authenticity um without allowing for you know, a lot of whatever Photoshop or tricky editing or whatever the thing is, or, you know, kind of keeping it like straight up and, and real or the you know, music, you know, like not a lot of processing or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I'm sort of always compelled towards absolute authenticity or um, letting my brain have arguments with itself about just abandoning all that and going off into whatever, you know, um, purely uh, abstract or, um, things that are uh, collage or you know mixed or you know something recontextualized in some way or you know things that aren't uh, like authentic in the in the 
normative sense. They're still authentic and they're, you know, because they exist or whatever. But yeah. so anyway, I guess I'm just curious, like, you know, so for, you know, Guido, he's obviously doing super photo real stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he does. It doesn't yeah. mean that's all he's ever done, but I mean, ultimately that's what his, he's known for. Yeah. And so talking to him about like sort of how do you, like the only thing you can do when you're that photo real is to start walking away from it in some way you know what I mean like is, it was, he's never gonna be he's never gonna say like no, I gotta find a way to make these like more real <laughs> yeah know? No, like it's, so it's gonna be some sort of walk the other way at some point so from your perspective coming the opposite like in terms of uh, more in the realm of um, um, patterns and abstraction and a lot of your stuff actually reminds me of sort of like a, um, Hans Hoffman paintings although that doesn't this poster oh. on the wall you're looking at he does he actually that, that's a different era but, uh, but he, yeah. he did a lot of um, color fields um, and really rich colors uh, and, and these, nice, yeah. these patterns. So I'm really into a lot of the sort of early uh, color field stuff. Anyway, so I guess what I'm interested in for you is like, what are are you interested? Or are you looking to sort of walk? Do you have ideas or aspirations to kind of either get more uh, realistic or more collage or change your your style? Or is it something where it's like, man, I work so hard just to get to the point where people know my shit that like, what, you know, are you, or it's kind of like, are you trapped by your, you know, your hit single? No, not at all, no. One hit wonder. Yeah. (laughs) No, what's cool, like, I feel good about where I'm at right now because I, I, this, I got, pulverized by mural work in the past two years and I had to like leave my other my, my day job and all that and so I haven't really had time to like even do color studies or like or like you know really work on my art or even do paintings mm-hmm. like I just I'm forcing myself for the next few months since it's winter time and I can't do a lot of stuff outdoors here in the south at least um, I'm forcing myself to work on paintings and just experiment and like push those boundaries everything that I've worked on up to now was just like I just went and did it I had an idea and I was able to paint it, but I didn't have a whole lot of time to like really conceptualize conceptualize or like really, you know, spend a month on working on this thing or, um, you know, it was just whatever I had in my head at the moment. And however, the, you know, the the building depicts a lot of like what I'm going to actually paint and the surrounding colors. And, you know, I I mean, I think I said this in a couple of meetings where I, the the wall really kind of like talks to me yeah <laughs> it really it, it, yeah. It, i mean because like you know there's different textures different heights and yep and you so know, much to inform what the natural response would be to that yeah yeah until i get to the actual wall i don't know exactly what i'm gonna do mm. i'll have an idea and like i have to do a lot of mock-ups for clients and and i'm like i'm always explaining like you know here's the idea it's not going to be this exactly because it probably won't come out as good yeah It'll come out better. It'll look because otherwise you'd just be imposing some will, like some prefab thought on it. It's a computer-generated thing. Yeah, it'll feel disconnected. There's something different, a huge difference between a digital mock-up and actually painting on something. Yeah, night and day. Um, But I mean, I've made things look exactly like a rendering. I did a there was a a typography artist that did a design for a city, Kentucky, and I ended up doing that that as a mural. And it came out pretty exact. I mean, in photo, it looks just like, just like what he came up with as a rending, which was you know yeah, pretty tough. Yeah, my lettering was really good on that one. Yeah, she helped me out and did nice. a good job. Okay, so here it comes. <clears throat> All right, now I've got her out painting here and there. It's been great. I can have finished certain things in you know such a it's short. It's weird time now that I think about it. Every site I've ever been on where you're painting, Nathan, you weren't actually painting. I mean, you were there. <laughs> I was just in the background. But <laughs> Ava had like paint. 
paint all over her. Yeah. Like maybe she's tired, <laughs> just like maybe sweaty. this is like all a scam. Like she's actually she's yeah. Whoa. Yeah, you, you figure it out. <laughs> it's man. A front. No, but uh, <laughs> so so do you, so in the absence of like, and it's funny that you said what you said because yeah. that's absolutely the I think the the mode that Guido was in when he was here was like just taking time to not be on a gig and read and think about other things and conceptualize and, and just give yourself, you have to give yourself room to do it. Yeah. I, um, need, I needed, I knew I needed like at least a month of not painting a mural um, or even thinking about one to work on paintings, like yeah. work on, you know, using, using, I've, I've only used a brush once to do a mural before. And so like, I'm forcing myself how to like learn how to brush paint and make paintings, you know, maybe do some gallery shows, you know, like, yeah, do those things that take time, you know, whereas, you know, a mural I can do, you know, within a week time frame. Yeah. You know, a huge one if, mm-hmm. you know, if, if weather's good. But, you know, doing a painting, you could work on that for a month or two, mm-hmm. you know, or just figuring, experimenting or messing things up. Like I got a little warehouse space to where I can do that. Yeah. And I feel very fortunate to be able to have that time and space at the moment. Yeah. To be able to do that. Um but yeah. So do you have any sort of designs or um, plans, I suppose, or do, or do you, I guess I'm just curious, like, do you feel like for me, I'm just a person that feels uh, quickly dissatisfied with whatever the thing is that I just did yeah. and that I'm just ready to go. I have some North Star or I have something that I'm trying to get to. And even if it's an ill-fated sort of thing, I still appreciate uh, stumbling and tripping my way towards the the bad idea that I had because I'll figure out something in that process that then sort of guides me to the better idea or a good idea. Yeah. So so I'm just wondering if if you have like a sort of a an uh, uncomfort or like a man like I really want to do more or different things that that I'm not doing right now. Oh yeah, definitely. I, mean, I feel yeah. like <clears throat> you know I've I've gotten to a point where I've done some stuff and now I need to progress beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like I won't be doing this same stuff you know, yeah. ten years from now. Like. I feel like if I'm not progressing or like at least really um, working, to, you know, I, I have a couple different styles and like I want to build all of those, you know, further and further and further to where I feel really comfortable with all of them, even more so. And feel like I've developed each one individually, you know, as far as I can until like I move on to, you know, a whole nother type of art. I mean, I haven't I, I don't feel like I'm going to pigeonhole myself into one style, even though people know me for certain styles. Mm. You know, some people don't even know I do these huge word collages, but I did a huge one for Bonner. I did a, here's a massive one on the side of building in East Nashville. And those are fun. Those are almost like a side thing. Like, yeah. it's almost like a, like an outlet, like a ther you know, a therapeutic release, you know, just a, a creative, you know, way to like think of other stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's like I mean, when, it's like when somebody in a band is like, you know what, I'm just going to do a DJ set, you know, I, yeah. or something. There's something to that where it's, yeah. it's not phoning it in. It's just a different it's just a, maybe a more fun version of what they do or whatever. Uh, I mean, I feel like yeah. different, you know, creative outlets. Like I was a DJ, you know, up until a couple of years ago, I was DJing festivals and opening up for huge EDM acts and stuff and, you know, producing music. And then, you know, our studio, because the development went away and that's when like painting came back in. I've always had, you know, graffiti and painting and art, but it was always kind of this thing that I just did as a, one of my creative outlets just yeah. because I had to. And, you know, skateboarding had to kind of go away as I got older. You know, the music kind of stuff, the music stuff sort of faded out. And then, you know, my, my, focal, my, you know, my focus now is, you know, art. Yeah. All things art. How can I do as much as I can with this creative outlet? Yeah. You know, I've never been able, I've never had a chance to like just focus on it. Uh, but I think different creative outlets are really important to the development of that too. 
Yeah, definitely. At least it's helped me. I have this strange sort of um, like a, an envy almost of people that are just um, like, I do this one thing. And that's what I do, and I, I do know, the I'm shit out of that. Of that too, and yeah. and they're happy with it, they're comfortable with it, and it, it, even within that, they can find ways to sort of, uh, I don't know, challenge themselves and some. But but ultimately, like that is what they do, and what you and there's no doubt <laughs> they will always do that thing. I'm so uh, sort of envious of that sometimes because, yeah. man, I'm just I think about all the energy that I've put into doing learning. Um, all these different things through my whole life and I just think man if I just picked like the flute <laughs> you know or just like whatever it is you know just like one thing and just kick the shit out of that just be like you know like the next I, Jethro Tull yeah he's right <laughs> just like man you know or crocheting like I don't know anything it doesn't matter just something where it's uh, I mean yeah but I mean yeah I mean I, I've thought about that too there's a lot of artists that I follow and and admire, and I love their work, and they do that one thing they're known. That's like I've never seen them like skew outside of that one style or that one character or whatever. And yeah, I think that's amazing because you, know, you can really develop that thing and really do you know a lot with it. But I mean, maybe I just get bored easy. No, exactly. <laughs> and I, I yeah, like, yeah. but I like I think it all fast like all forms of art fascinate me. And I want to learn as I can about art and whatever I, whatever I do with that. Then you know that happens. You know, I would love to do big, huge murals, but, you know, I want to do quite a few different styles or mm. I want to learn as much as I can, really. I think that's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. Is wanting to learn as much about different creative outlets as possible. You know, not being the jack of all trades, but like definitely mastering as much as I can a few areas of that, but having those outlets to help with, you know, I, mean, like I think they inform each other too. I think the, the, the struggles you go through and say one medium or one thing you can still garner a lot of information from that like photography and put it into something else it's just about you're you're just making your way through something and and figuring it out and then ultimately at least for me like i i have found connection points uh, of likeness between every type of musical style that i've done every type of photography that i've done any kind of videography that i've like there's a mentality that because i've just it's funny. It's that's I think the neatest thing about getting old is just get, you know you just see through more iterations of just doing. There's some larger um, essence or or mentality or I don't know something that starts to take form, and then you can then you know it's where you're coming from because it's like yep, like I can listen to tapes that I you know like weird tapes you know music that I made when I was 21 or something just with a little crappy sampler and a whatever. And and I'm like, that, those are some pretty good. I you know, some of the yeah. stuff's pretty good, and some of it's not. But and then and then you hear the things of like, wow, I'm still fascinated by that type of approach, or I'm still kind of doing that. Like I, I think it's really interesting to just go through enough years and enough time and, and enough different avenues to start to see like, nope, that's just kind of what I'm naturally into, and it's not it doesn't matter where I'm uh, exerting myself. No, I mean, all those yeah. things can be leading up to what I mean. Everything I've done in my life has led to what I'm doing now. You know, who knows what I'm going to be doing 10 years from now, but I know that, like, all the things I've done, you know, skateboarding and, you know, working on music and all that has all led to what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And, you know, who knows, I might be DJing again all over the world or something like that. You know, a few years from now, who knows? But it just, I, I think it, it, I have, like, this thing I got to feed. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to have these creative outlets. And sometimes I have to do this rather than this. And, and um, it's just who I am, I guess. I don't know. I've always been like that. I've always had like 
you know, this OCD of just yeah. wanting to, you know, keep myself well-rounded and, and learn a lot about life yeah. too. And learn about, learn a lot about different things. And, you know, I have like my skateboard friends and I have like friends all over the world from different backgrounds. And yeah. it's taught me a lot about like, you know, okay, you need to go travel. You know, you're like you met this dude from Mexico. Well, you need to go to Mexico and meet like, you know, it, you know, it, it, I don't know. There's, I just want to learn a lot about it. Yeah, it's all so short and so quick, and you just want to just not be thinking later, I should have, could have, would have, as much as possible. I mean, it's it's hard. You're always fighting, at least I am, sort of always, you know, kind of pragmatism of, you know, like kind of like almost how uncomfortable do I want to be? It's kind of, you know, or how much can I endure? Like what you guys did in Marrakesh, apparently. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and then so, and so with you, is it like, do you generally just let how much do you combine your thinking about what he's doing versus what you're doing like you know how do you keep your sort of even though here's the thing like the reason why you're together is because you had the goods and the gigs and the power and then he was the the talent that was just going to just do whatever you said and clearly you told them what to do always yeah no you know what i'm saying so <laughs> so i guess my point is like you're you're obviously in the the business of this for lack of a better term right yes. and then he's in the business of this yes so wh- how, how do you manage that or how does that like how do you is there are there times where you're like hey listen like i'm gonna use this i'm gonna do this style or i'm gonna do this color or i'm gonna do this thing or and you're like eh, okay you know, or like, you know what I mean? Like, cause it's always like, it's inevitable that your partner becomes sort of like this kind of a, a prism through which you see things, right? Like, like the way I always think about it is it's like, if you watch a movie by yourself and there's no one else there, mm-hmm. you just have your own perception of it and you just have your own experience with it. Sure. But if you're watching it, say like with each other, then you can't help but sort of empathetically route your perception through yeah. the other person. Yeah. And then it changes in a way sort of how you perceive it. So I guess when it comes to, uh, you guys sort of operating in the same realm. How does that? How does that negotiate or work out? Or is it even just a thought, or not at all? Or only until I've just brought it up right now, and then now it's going to be like this thing that you think about. It's great. It's mutually <laughs> beneficial. It's mutually beneficial. <laughs> yeah, and we work really I'm, well together. It, it does have a lot to do with respect for each other. Mutual respect builds a good partnership, whether you're you know romantically involved or not. Like you have to have that, and we just happen yeah, to have I that and understand it. that, which was really important early on. Yeah. We did. I love his style. I love his craft. Um, Go I on. I mean, now that he's, you know, <laughs> painting, uh, you know, smaller scale, there are times when I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't paint that on a, you know, wood panel because then you can't ship it. But, you know, it's just really, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's pointless. It's not like, um, no, it, I would never, ever, um, tell him or you know insert my opinion into what he does because it doesn't belong there yeah all i'm here to do is help him do what he wants and loves to do yeah and um same you know while i do my thing and my thing is curating you know managing projects and making sure that there are plenty of opportunities for artists to do what they do i Mm. mean that's what I do through Nashville Walls Project, yeah. and and I make sure through my writing, I 
give other artists the voice. So and that's it. we haven't even talked about any of that. I mean, you're you're a wordsmith and a and a thinker. You know, you're a lot of things. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> She's like, I have no words. I I don't know what I am. I could. It's almost yeah. best to not think about it too much, but it's, I, yeah. but it's it's interesting to hear people wrestle with it, I suppose. So if anybody's listened to this uh, this far, right, they're going to be like, wow, you know, these people have no idea what they're doing. No. I have no they idea they what are just doing. figuring just it out. Just doing it and going for it. Yeah, we're all in this together. <laughs> just trying to like do things that I really enjoy doing and figuring out how to, you know, A, afford it and, and live it. Yeah. Because why, why not? You know, if you can, you know, like, why not? Yeah. You know, don't have any kids, you know, don't have, you know, I'm not tied down to anything or a job in one place. So we can both kind of live and work from wherever and figure it out wherever we, you know, we plan on moving to Europe after, you know, I sell my house here in Spain. Spain's a good option, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of places we haven't been. So we kind of want to travel around and make a home base in Hungary and, you know, kind of figure out what would make sense. Business so a whole other, place. yeah. You, this is just like a, a fulcrum point in your 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 sort of path, your trajectory. It's kind of some. So I'm very lucky to have you guys even in the same place at the same time. Right? Who knows where you'll be in a week? True. You know, I mean, like I'll get a phone call, and I mean, last year I got a phone call, and within 24 hours, I was on my way to New Zealand for a festival, and yeah. you know. I thought I was just going to be chilling at the house for like a week. Yeah. You know, and it just that happens. Yeah. We're very much open to just picking up and leaving. But it's cool. Uh, but, and we've done it a lot recently, so I think for a while we'll just, <laughs> just stay nice put. Just nice to be home. Give it a minute. It's nice it's to really be home. nice to be home with our puppies. <laughs> yes. That is so. the ultimate thing, right? Like with... um. Um, having a, a romantic partner that you're, you know, not just uh, entertaining yourself with, but binding your life to in some way, it's like um, there's always just the, 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 you know, we, we always talk about like sort of the comfort levels, you know, versus the struggle and what things you're willing to sort of endure. And definitely, uh, it seems like the tolerance level, not for everyone, but over time, it's like, the the willingness to be uncomfortable for anything for any extended amount of time is like nah I'm I'm like once you have such a great life in even in one place as much as that can be so rough uh, to not be able to do uh, ride the wave right um, it's always that flip side of man you know having a a, a center of an orbit and uh, some creature comforts and being able to build on that a little bit and you know, like that stuff's really, it's really nice, but it's, it's, a, it's also it's like the so trap. It's nice and it's so important. And <laughs> yeah. I didn't have that growing up. Yeah. You know, traveling and being all over the place is so part of my identity that it's, it's actually the source of my identity crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think Nathan is the same way because he, although he grew up very differently than I did, he grew up very similarly. So, you know, he he had to pick up his life and move to a completely different place at the age of 11. And, you know, I had to do the same thing. I had to come S- same to... Same age. Yeah, same age. Yeah. Um, 
So there's there's the a lot cl- of like the challenge of the cultural assimilation might be equal as well because he went yes. from L.A. to Nashville. Oh, was, oh yeah. no, we talk about it all the time. The, the culture shock that we grew it was up huge in huge back then too. I yeah. mean, if I would have moved here now when I was eleven, it would be almost the same. So but, you guys, so you guys both went through that. We we both went, and he he threw himself into skating and graffiti. And when I came to the states, you know, I threw myself into graffiti, not painting it, but just admiring it and studying it and always looking out for it because. It was like the only similarity between Eastern Europe and the United States. Mm. So it was like a, a source of comfort for me. So there was a lot of shared trauma throughout our lives. <laughs> I oh, think yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. the, and, you know, before we met, we we were kind of on the same path. Like my, the vision for my future has always been, I've always gravitated more towards moving home and going back to Europe and and he's had that same goal in his life that's why he sold his house yeah. so yeah. I had the it, comforts of home I built yeah. a house you know I had it done all the things yeah, yeah. I, did, I did some adult, very adult things yeah. and, and uh, you know but you can always do that um, yeah. we do want to we will find where we want to stay for a while and something and build on and like yeah. have as you know definite home it's I mean, time yeah for yeah. me personally I feel yeah. it like I I can't yeah, I'll need to build my own home base at some point in the future. And we'll know. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. why we want to travel to as many places as we can to, feed, to, to see, like, what feels right. Mm-hmm. You know, what's like, okay, wow, this is home. You know, at least for quite a while. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because you're, you're basically using everything you can possibly experience to inform whatever, whatever this sort of, you know, and whatever you would manifest or actually build and i think it's interesting too that you know when you're talking about sort of graffiti being this one commonality of or sort of point of comfort between you know uh hungary and and any other city uh in the united states you've been to or whatever if you you know kind of getting back to what we were talking about in the beginning it's like uh by virtue of of you know graffiti being naturally temporary um it's a it's a it's a meaningful assertion of somebody's uh, life force onto a wall, but everybody's doing it with, you know, you're talking about train cars and like, yep, we never even could get pictures because it was dark or um, the nature of paint and walls and being outside. Like, uh, you know, even the most ambitious street art projects or murals are purely temporary. And so maybe that's what's I think most interesting about it is that what you've found to be common is actually the the fleeting nature the the, the this emblematic the most fleeting form of art <laughs> yeah right yeah exactly <laughs> straight up uh, which is it's fun i mean like i i think it was around 1998 i was in on like the front page of the tennessean because some news reporter heard that i had a wall that i built in my courtyard when i was living you know living with my mom growing up when i was a teenager and i would paint a piece take a photo and then paint over it. And they just like, couldn't understand why somebody would do that. Whoa. And you know, I, they like did a whole story. I mean, just based on that. Cause it was like, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you destroy what you've created? And it's like, I mean, yeah, it's you should have, you should have freaked them out and just been like, and then I paint the exact same thing <laughs> again. Over and over and over. I call this groundhog day. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Well, um, well, listen, let's get out of here. Yeah. Um, super awesome hang. Thank you for being here. Thank you Thank so you much so for much having us. us. Yeah. yeah.
and hopefully we can just do more of these things and we can mix it up whoever's available whatever but i want to keep the commentary and the and the thoughts going just on what's happening around here because it's happening so fast and yeah i just think there's a lot of interesting twists and turns in terms of nashville and then just the broader street art conversation it's like you guys are my my touchstones for that to understand what's going on um and then if you want to know about really other not as important nerdy stuff maybe i can be your touchstone for that i'm a nerd um, i'm a total nerd so. <laughs> yeah um Please. yeah we'll nerd out um yeah this is my you're on the wall here these are my music nerd things these are uh oh, these nice. are these are for, yeah from dilla's collection mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that one it was uh that exact record was uh, on just a tribe song called Once, and yeah. it's got a cannonball. Uh, yep. You know that that yes, yes, y'all. That is from that record. Yeah. That exact record. And you got the certificate of authenticity. Yeah, as well. because yeah, <laughs> that was a Jay with, Dilla right with Ma Duke's signature. What? Yeah, that's amazing. That's that's some good nerdy stuff. Though. I had no idea you were a musician too. Yeah, so that's amazing. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that more. Yeah, later yeah. <laughs> I did a I did a site specific composition for the 40th anniversary of the Rothko Chapel in Houston, Texas. Oh wow! Um, and that was biggest moment of my life. But anyway, I'm not I'm not the point I'm not the point of conversation here. Um, so don't try to turn this around. Oh my bad. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's super awesome. Um, is there anything you. that you can provide people that would be like, hey, here's how you find me, or here's what's coming up, or things like that? Um, yeah, stay tuned on the Nashville Balls Project dot com website or the Nashville Balls Project Instagram page. And on Facebook as well, you can yeah. find us. And so basically, we'll at be Nashville Walls Project or some variation, at Nashville Walls P on Twitter, is that right? Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. On Twitter, but I barely post to Twitter. Yeah. So that's just where people yell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. But Instagram, Facebook, and our website. And I, I will try to have the website updated as frequently as possible, but I'm like terrible at it, so refer to the Instagram and the Facebook okay. page. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like Websites are almost like, who's, who's got time for that? Uh, it's important, though. But yeah, and you've got a great one, Nathan. What's, what's yeah, up? mine is uh, just 19SS, like 19samsam.net. So 19SS is my entire portfolio, and then my Instagram is just at NathanBrown77, real basic. Sweet. I've had that handle since, like, before MySpace. Your aim, your aim handle? Straight up. Yeah. yeah. I know what year you were born in. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, all right. Well, okay. Super appreciate it. Uh, we are out. Have Thank fun. Thank you so much. Thanks okay. for anybody that listened. This is awesome. Later. Word. Beat it up.